0: Hello everybody, this is Dr. David Wardy. I'm a chiropractor down in the south of Texas, El Paso, and I'm here with Dr. Nick Jensen up in Vancouver, British Columbia, right? And yeah, basically north and south coming together and this is the Dr. Dad's podcast. So we have a really great topic for you guys today. We're actually very excited to speak with you on this topic because a lot of our passion and healing and helping and teaching others comes from this topic and so today we're talking about using the force within fasting and i get excited when i say that
1: i totally get excited and and uh, and i have to be honest there's a little part of me that goes oh shoot we're doing this again
0: you know we're we're teaching it but we learn like it's almost like every week something else is coming out you know and, and science is you know people like science and the good thing is science has come forward and said hey there's something to this. So let's see what it is so that everybody can validate for themselves why they need to do this.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty incredible considering that the amount of research that's out there and has been there for a long time. I think for whatever reason, culturally, we, we just haven't decided to jump into this information and actually apply it until much more recently. Where you know, fasting is a buzzword now. Everyone's talking about fasting and a lot of our top doctors that we get to rub shoulders with are, are teaching this as well and this is why we want to bring it to the masses
0: so you know you said it's important you know research is backing up because we're very science-based here in the u.s and i think they need to validate everything but even in history right so let's just talk about some individuals that talked about this and and where do we see this mentioned even with religious type stuff
1: mm-hmm and you know you, this doctor dad's podcast is obviously non-denominational we don't care if you're buddhist or christian or whatever but looking across every single religion it was in the muslim religion it was in the buddhist religion it's still practiced in 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 the christianity and the judaism uh religion as well i mean uh, i've got lots of good jewish friends that just you know went through um a few the religious holidays and it was all about dry fasting and so this is completely built into our cultures of old and a lot of these, you know, churches and, and mosques and, and, and different places of worship are still implementing them in, uh, throughout their yearly cycles. So it's, it's been going on for thousands of years, everyone. And, and for whatever reason, well, there's many reasons which we're going to talk about they've we we culturally have all adapted to this eating you know your five to ten meals a day because you got to eat every couple hours kind of dogma and uh and we're going to break that down essentially why that's so disruptive to healing the body and why these ancient traditions what what did they know right like because they knew something and what's what's your experience growing up because you 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 grew up in a mixed faith family too right
0: you know, I, I'm, I grew up in the south of Texas, and yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where I had, I was pulled in, a cult of, uh, you know, every religion has its, its minor tweaks, right? And so, you know, I, we'd go to one church, and it's taught this way, and then another, but I never heard about fasting. When I started getting older, and I started studying other religions and history, and you mm-hmm. see like Hippocrates talked about fasting, right? Uh, I think there was individuals like Benjamin Franklin, Mark Twain. They all mentioned it, you know. And and so these, these, these individuals that I think we all hold pretty high in history, we're talking about it. So there has to be something to this. And like you're saying, you know, it's mentioned everywhere. But for some reason, it's not an absolute truth in the United States. It's become this relative truth to people. They don't get it. And you leave that you you leave the U.S. and it's pretty common practice, right?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, and this is this is exactly what we're dealing with in this modern culture: is that this disconnect from these ancient um, practices. And you know, you mentioned Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine. You know, his his one of his key things that he says is let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. But to eat when you're sick is to feed your illness. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a father of modern medicine. And when, when he's sharing information like that, I mean, that was common practice back then. We, we in our modern culture eat when we're sick.
0: <laughs> oh, we, we eat more and, and most people eat worse. They, they just like, they just throw it out the drain, man. It's like, hey, I don't feel good, da, 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 right? It's, oh. it's bad.
1: Yeah. All so right, brother. I, I, think of, I was going to say just, and what did that, that segue of understanding fasting as an ancient practice, you know, through the different centuries that have gone by and then we come to the early 1900s and we we start seeing research early research on using ketogenic diets and fasting for for individuals with seizures right and it and it became common practice in hospitals to actually use these this keto, ketotic state to to heal and heal the brain
0: there you go I mean, you and me have looked at both of those. We've seen those studies and we've seen those mentioning in those writings, right. By some of these really brilliant guys that figured this out a long time ago, but you you said something earlier. You said culture has had a huge influence on this and you know, why didn't we hear about these things? Why weren't they part of our culture, you know, to, to improve health and all these benefits we're going to talk about. So let's get into it, man. Um, so, we're talking to dads, we're talking to the modern man, right? We're talking to to men and, you know, even women can listen to this one and hear some of the benefits of of why it's important to fast and really use this, you know, as part of a lifestyle uh, to create diet variation, improve metabolic flexibility. But then we'll talk about, you know, we're gonna target a little bit, talk about, well, why is this important for for the the modern dad and, and trying to basically jump some of these hurdles that we struggle with because life gets crazy and and we just need to do better for ourselves. We need to experience that growth. And it's really I think if people had an understanding, right, of of what happens in the body and why it's so important to do this, it's easier for them if they have the why to just get it done. Yeah, so kick us do. off, brother. I want you to yeah. talk. I mean, you're the I love hearing you talk about hormones, man. Like <laughs> talk to me. Like tell me, tell yeah, everybody that's... what this does for us.
1: Let's talk about the dad hormones, right? You know, what mm-hmm. happens is, as a dad? So I'm going to share my, my story with fasting. And, uh, and it sort of epitomizes why this is so darn important, especially for, for dads who aren't sleeping well at night. So I'm going to rewind probably about six years when I first uh, stumbled across this. Uh, and maybe even two years before that, I saw Dr. Mercola. And, and I had my first patient come in and tell me, hey, doc, I'm only eating once a day. And I'm looking at him judging him and going, you are crazy. What do you mean you're only eating once a day? And I was thinking, like, he told me what he was eating. He said, well, I have a steak at night, and I throw a whole bunch of butter on it, and I'm good to go. That's it. And I said, well, and I was thinking in my head, well, you know, it's probably good to have some vegetables. And so I told him, you know, why don't you at least throw like a green supplement in there or something? And I, but meanwhile, like I couldn't stop judging this guy. Like this guy's got it all wrong. He's eating once a day. What's he doing? This just absolutely nuts. And then I probably had two more patients after that that told me about, you know, the Warrior Diet and different things. And meanwhile, being an egotistical doctor that we all are in our younger days, we <laughs> learn humility as we grow. Everyone. Yes. Um, yes. We know everything. Of course, we know everything. These people are obviously wrong, and those people who wrote the books are wrong. But. But something inside me said, there's got to be something to this. So being an experimenter, uh, deciding to step aside the ego, egotistical mind of a a, a, a know-it-all doctor, I decided to give it a try. And in this experience, I was actually uh, just, we just had our first child. So I was waking up just as frequently as my wife, not as frequently, of course. um, But I was waking up enough to the point where... I was getting sick so often. I was getting a cold every couple months. I'd sometimes have to cancel on patients. I just realized that my immune system was getting completely whacked because of my frequent late nights and and staying and getting up and out of this deep state of sleep, which is so healing for us. And I realized that after implementing fasting, like, I just don't get sick anymore. And I was just slowly introducing myself to intermittent fasting eating twice a day essentially within a six to eight hour window and literally my colds that were there every once every couple months that would seem to linger for at least three to four weeks it literally felt like i was going from one immune system blast to the next uh like i was getting more frequent colds than ever had in my whole life and and i felt like a really uh weak, I uh, what the right word is, but I felt like a, not a very good doctor that I'm coming <laughs> in sick and trying to tell people how to live <clears> their lives. <throat> and here I am, you know, not, not living that way. And so it was a game changer from an immune system point of view.
0: Well, and performance, right? I mean, you just said it right there, performance. Like we need to be on our game every day from, to be there for our families, you know, our jobs, our careers, our passions in life, right? And really just to bring our best to every day really to get everything you're wanting to get and for me that was a huge part of what fasting has done for me you know i listened to your story you know i could i could tell you a bunch of things that improved but just to shorten it real quick my brain massive improvements in my brain when i started fasting i mean my brain fog went away my cognition I mean, just the speed at which my brain can work now is just light years ahead of where I was, you know, and I had a lot of concussive damage. I had like seven concussions from playing college football and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's some trauma here that I'm sure has affected that. But I mean, massive, massive improvements of healing and stuff. And then, I mean, we'll talk, we're going to get into some other things. But I mean, it's just amazing, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so simple. That's it's so, it's so simple. It's not, it's not hard to do.
1: Yeah.
0: So, let's, and so how let's how, talk to how was it when
1: you first started? Like, I'm, I'm curious because did you, did you get a lot of flack? Did you have experiences where, you know, patients would come in and, and teach you this? Like how did it, how did it lay oh, out for you? Cause I'm curious.
0: I got a good one for you. This is good, man. <laughs> I could tell you stories all day. So I actually came across fasting looking across our mentor, Dr. Pompa's stuff and when i started getting on his podcast and listening to him speak about fasting and then reading a bunch of articles and stuff and then looking at a lot of the research i was blown away with like how simple it was and the massive healing the body gets from doing it so i immediately started doing intermittent fasting i started like you right like just i didn't eat less i ate less often i closed the window and immediately like really quick I mean, there was an adaptation phase because I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit of a carb junkie and that was just way, how I did it. You know, I ate healthy, but I ate too many carbs and I probably uh, just ate too much. I was eating too much. And so I've always wanted to rebuild my body. So immediately when I started, I started seeing changes and that's all I was doing. That's the only thing I changed. I didn't change anything else. I kept eating the same way, but I just shortened the window. Mm -hmm. So I was so excited about this once I started experiencing it and feeling it. So like you said, we're the guinea pigs. So then we start teaching everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So I remember one of my patients comes in and she had issues with inflammation and her joints were always bothering her. And, you know, we'd be be doing adjustments and stuff like that. And she was holding her alignment, but she she was just that, she was massive inflammation from her lifestyle. And probably she was eating six meals a day. Like, you know, just the turnover, right? She just had no time for healing. So I remember talking to her about intermittent fasting and telling her that that would be a really good strategy that she should try to implement and to slowly creep her way to like noon, but she could start as early as nine, then 10, 11, right? But to try to get herself to where she was eating in a smaller window. And she like flipped out on me and she told me, I couldn't ever do that. She's like, I would pass out and faint. And like, literally like, I lost her as a patient and I, and it wasn't, it was just one of those things where I guess it was just too extreme for her to hear. And I sat there for a second and this was early days of me understanding everything and teaching. And I was like, wow, the public is so lost.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's, that's such a typical story. And, and I think there's an evolution in just our own, understanding, you know, as we learn more, as we apply it more, as we live it more, the resonance with which we're able to speak this information is coming from such an ownership that people want to start looking at us like, what are you doing? Because whatever you're doing is absolutely working for you. I'm actually really curious now. So I find that I've, I, and I'm sure you notice the same thing. I'm not even really convincing people anymore. It's kind of like, here's the data, Here's what it's done in multitude of different patients' lives. This is what's done in my life. And it's knocking out the, the challenge of, you know, even meal planning through the day. You're, you're eating less often, everyone. I mean, it's, it's literally adding more simplicity to your life. And in doing so, you decrease stress. So I, do you find, too, that as you own it more, as you speak about it with such you know, confidence and, and knowing that it just, it just lands easier on people's ears. And let's also be honest, like a couple of years have gone by. There's some serious momentum in the world of fasting for sure on a, on a general public knowing.
0: Oh, yeah, we're like peaking right now, right? So next year is supposed to be the year of ketosis. You're going to hear about fasting nonstop. Like, but let's talk about that. Go back what you said. How long have you been doing this and teaching it?
1: Six years. I've, I've been playing with this for six years. I only started teaching it about four years ago.
0: Okay. So we didn't, we didn't have, yeah, we didn't have that science and research and really information to the masses yet back then. So me and Nick, you know, what Dr. Dads is all about and kind of how our approach to how we help people and our teaching style and how we help people heal is I would say we're somewhat innovators and we're early adopters of really trying things and studying things and then really trying them ourselves and then putting them in, into practice. Right? And and because of that, there's this huge on-ramp at the front end of us having a hard time getting these concepts across and people, you know, trusting us. But it's so much easier now. It's so much easier. And, and yeah, you still have people that struggle, but, I mean, it's the information is there. There's just no arguing with it anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about from, you know, we're both dads. We both are very busy. You know, we don't have a lot of time to eat through the workday anyways. And so for any dads or men or just busy individuals listening in, there's, there's a real evolution that happens here that's totally possible, that's going to improve your brain function, that's going to give you more energy, that's actually going to you know, tighten up your waistline. Uh, we can say goodbye to the dad bod and just move into more of uh, the lean, strong, healthy, confident man that we can all be. Because let's get real. What does a big, you know, big old beer belly or pot belly do to us hormonally? I mean, it's it's a big issue from an estrogen testosterone point of view.
0: Well, and you're talking about hormones of uh, testosterone. You know, I think a lot of males are struggling with erectile dysfunction now, mm-hmm. fertility issues, right? Uh, what's another big one for for testosterone? Having trouble Jeez. building muscle, right? <laughs> So as we age, there are things I think that people need to adopt to understand hormonally that you just can't function if you don't do things like this. Mm -hmm. Your body's just going to swing the other direction so fast. And then you wonder why your health is where it's at. And it's literally just something that you have control over by making a a small tweak.
1: Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you this. How many patients these days do you see where you're running a fasting glucose hemoglobin A1C? of fasting insulin and my goodness even men who look fairly lean or or maybe have a little overweight they're actually pre-diabetic i mean it's it's crazy how many people are actually insulin resistant and pre-diabetic that we're seeing on a regular basis
0: well and i think that whole six meals a day thing has a lot to do with that because that's Mm -hmm. typically what you see right they're just eating all the time and then you ask them well how long have you been doing that they're like oh for like four years or you know, I've had some people, oh, like eight years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and, and again, they're in control of this, right? But it's just learning and creating awareness. But yeah, it's a very common thing that we see all the time.
1: Yeah. And this is what I tell patients. So I li- listen, insulin and testosterone cannot coexist in an elevated state. It's mm-hmm. like when you got one up, the other one's going to go down. So there's a reason why collectively we're all emasculating the, the maleness in our bodies because we're, we're running a sugar pathway with high insulin and our darn testosterone has just been totally you know, put out. And we're, I mean, part of our clinic is we run a, a bioidentical hormone therapy practice and we would see man after man after man coming in with low, low normal or, or actually deficient testosterone. And then the only answer that we had at that period of time in our, in our doctor career was to, to make recommendations for using testosterone. And the problem is, is that we're taking, we're, if you follow, I mean, there's nothing wrong with using exogenous hormones uh, as long as it's done properly, but let's just get real here. The reason testosterone is getting driven into the ground is because we're in an insulin dominant state. Let's correct the core hormonal issue that's happening and then see if we even need to optimize with anything outside of ourselves. But we're stuck in a culture of fix, fix, fix and not in the culture of like, let's actually get to the root cause of why this is happening.
0: Well, when you talk about insulin, that's a root, is it not?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Insulin sensitivity and blood sugar control. That's a root. Like that's something that I think every dad needs to know. And this, that's a theme of this show. It's a pillar for, for your health right there. Insulin and cortisol and the sensitivity to all this stuff because you, I mean, you didn't mention growth hormone. When insulin's up, what I mean, you're talking about two hormones that compete for the same receptor site. So you can't, you literally can't even take in your own growth hormone. That's why you see these massive increases of growth hormone when you just do a fast. I mean, in a 24-hour fast, no, it was a 20-hour fast in a study, they saw a 1,300 to 2,000% increase in growth hormone in males. Phenomenal. Yeah. And so, I mean, we talk about it. People spend all this money. And you can literally, like we're talking about, activate this and use the force within to create your own. You don't need to put exogenous stuff in. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what does insulin actually do in the body. Let's talk about what growth hormone does in the body. Let's talk about testosterone a little bit to give our listeners an idea of like what's actually happening. So I'll, Why don't I start with insulin? I, I love using the analogy, this is our hibernation hormone is literally stopping our body from breaking down fat. so our body only, the hormone literally just tells our body to to keep fat in the system. So yeah, I like to say, you know, squirrels eventually hibernate, right? And then I ask, well, what do you think that they do if they constantly keep storing nuts throughout the entire year? They never actually get into hibernation. So they're They've got these trees like busting with, with their acorns that are just never getting used. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're packing more and mm-hmm. more weight on. We're shutting down the fat metabolism. And we're we're like stuck in a chronic state of hibernation.
0: Oh yeah. The body just it can't function. Yeah. When when you're constantly getting those hits all the time. Yeah. I mean, you just get backed up, right? There's like a backlog. Of, of almost every process that your body needs to function to thrive in this day and age.
1: Yeah.
0: Inflammation, you know, the sensitivity to your own hormones, like we're talking, you know, and then you're talking about even just sleep. You you It helped you sleep better. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's numero uno, man. You have to sleep. Yeah. So growth hormone, you know, the growth hormone benefits. I mean, I think individuals, they need to understand that it, it takes a little more work as we get older, right? To optimize these levels, you know, as we're moving into our latter half and it drops off, what is it? Is it, they say 20 or 35 is when your growth hormone starts to kind of go downwards, right? And so, I mean, I think if, if individuals understood that you have a control here to the curve and how fast it slopes down, just by having some lifestyle, you know, habits like, like fasting, you're going to keep those levels optimal as even though you're aging and it's, and there's anti-aging effects to that. I mean, what does growth hormone do for us?
1: Yeah. So growth hormone kind of does the opposite of insulin, right? So it's, it's literally allowing the mobilization of fat. It's stopping, you know, protein metabolism. It's actually allowing us to repair. So we liken, but well, stimulating your immune system and it, it's a it's an endogenous trigger for helping to upregulate testosterone so it's doing so many different things and it's like the fountain of
0: youth right of hormones almost it's the anti-aging hormone everyone knows i mean I, I think everyone knows what it is right but i mean you you just you packed it all in right there man
1: yeah well it, that that's the beauty of it it's like you know I tell people when you're when you're in an insulin dominant state all you're really doing is if you want to put on weight you eat as often as you can. Just do that, you know. And when people get worried about implementing fasting they go like I'm going to shrink. I'm going to waste away my muscle and there's going to be nothing left of me. I worked out hard for the last 20 30 years. I put on, you know, x amount of pounds. If I fast for more than 12 hours in the day, I'm going to immediately go into muscle breakdown and I'm going to you know, rip away or strip away all, the, all that work that I did. And that's just not true. Because as you said, in that, in that 16 to 18 to 20 hour window of time, we're seeing 1300 to 22 or whatever it is, 100% increase in growth hormone. And that's preserving muscle. That's allowing your body to use fat as a fuel. I mean, this is what we want to do, right? That's
0: our innate, that's our innate intelligence doing its work, right? That's the way the system was designed. And this is something that has to be done to basically turn, turn that power on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, I love this man. This is good stuff. <laughs> you know, We talk about it every day, but it gets me excited. It really does.
1: Well, this is what people need to know. I mean, and so we need to know that it's okay because you may be, you may be, uh, uh, late adopter, you may be, you know, the dad bod kind of guy, you may be a gym rat and doing pretty good, you know, physically across the board. We can all benefit with optimizing this, this response, which we like to call fat adaptation, or just for applying a, a known stress to create adaptation in our body, to switch over hormonal function, to switch over going from a sugar burner to a fat burner, um, You know, this is something that's going to benefit everybody in a multitude of different ways. So maybe, you know, once you dive into, you know, just the phenomenon of insulin dominance, sugar burning versus fat burning, because I think that analogy is so helpful for people.
0: So, you know, long term, we, we talk about metabolic flexibility and and diet variation but i think if people understood the idea of implementing something like fasting to improve these insulin uh, issues and long term with you know anti-aging longevity disease prevention with things like cancer alzheimer's i mean what else would you add to that list
1: autoimmune conditions i mean it can be simple like just chronic aches and pains chronic fatigue um i mean it's it's across the board so
0: really. so the list goes on so like i talk about like, like we're designed to do this i mean we literally our bodies have been designed to practice something like this and we've gotten so far away from this um that we need to reactivate this ability so you look at you know you're talking about fat loss our body works better off ketones and the only way you're going to activate this ability for your body to start using a, this alternative fuel source that literally you have disposal at all over your body. If you're someone who's a little bit overweight or has issues with your weight, like you said, the, the dad bod, you know, I had that bod and fasting is how I got my bod back. So, you know, I know this works. Right. So you need to, in order to basically become fat adapted and get to a place where you're burning literally a better fuel source, ketones or or metabolite of fat, And our brain, number one, prefers ketones over glucose. So there's massive improvements for brain. Like I mentioned earlier with my concussions, that was the biggest thing I saw right away when I started doing these things is my, I I was just, I had clarity, like this fog lifted from me. It was awesome. And I'm just like, I'm turning on all all RPMs now these days. And my machine didn't run like that, man, for like 10 years. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that. So you're burning this fuel source that literally burns clean as well, right? I mean, way cleaner than burning sugar and glucose. You burn glucose. It's like throwing a bunch of wood on a fire. You're going to go with smoke, free radical damage, oxidation. And, and then you burn ketones. It's like burning natural gas, right? I mean, it burns very clean. So the idea is to like, we can become, like we say you have to be fat adapted moving forward in life to be healthy and then have this, this flexibility for metabolism to burn both of these fuel sources at will, long-term. I mean, that's the angle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love what you're speaking to because what this is is actually building resilience, right? We're building up our, a greater ability to deal with our environment. You know, I mean, we can all relate to this if, if we're dads or just men in general, is that um, when, we're, when we're in a position of stress, we eventually figure a way out of it. You know, I didn't. I don't think you did either. I didn't go to my dad and give me the list of all the things I need to know to be a dad. You kind of just had to be thrown into the situation and you had to adapt, right? Yeah. So we're building resiliency in your body by actually encouraging your mitochondria because it's actually the mitochondria they're deciding their ability to actually use fat or sugar as a fuel. So when we're talking about mixed metabolism or metabolic flexibility, you're actually strengthening the messaging of your cellular networks and very specifically your mitochondria are little batteries of our cells that are delivering energy to your body and this is why you know we can look at every single illness mitochondrial dysfunction mitochondrial disease states are part and parcel the you know every disease we just listed off there and when we allow for this alternate fuel source to come through our bodies we're all of a sudden activating a cascade of energy and information into the system that lights our brains back up makes us desire exercise increases our libido man like we have a greater desire to be with our amazing beautiful women because oh, it's we have out of energy <laughs> it,
0: it's it's out of control brother like uh, clarissa has to fight me off with a stick sometimes <laughs> That's definitely something that has changed and improved. There's definitely no lack of libido anymore at all. No, I'm not kidding. Even if I have a long day, I'm still, you know, I'm ready to go, man.
1: Ready to go, yeah. That's it, that's it. So who I mean who doesn't want that? And as a man, you know, that really comes down to hormonal optimization. That's that's like that's that's the real life scenario of optimizing our hormones, is that yeah, we want we want to get next to our, our women and and sooner the better, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So building this resiliency, you know, we, and and I noticed man, brother, you got your Spartan medal hanging in the background. Oh yeah. You know, like we. It's weak we, sauce
0: right now, but next year by this time there'll probably be three to four more of those. There you go. All right. So go. look
1: at this. I mean, you, you, you and me are now fat adapted athletes. Mm-hmm. We train in a fasted state. Maybe we can talk about extra, exercise optimization and. And where do we do with all this extra ATP energy in our bodies? We apply it to our Spartan training and we've completed, we got a chance to do a Spartan race together. Um, like when we talk a little bit about how, how the adapt- adaptation actually allowed us to perform better with exercise.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a good segue into getting about performance and, you know, from an exercise standpoint, even with little amounts of exercise, so let me start by saying this, you know, I, I, I don't train a massive load. I'm, I'm a big fan of work smarter, not harder. So by utilizing things like fasting, right, understanding the time windows of when to eat, when not to eat with the training, you start to get there really fast and you don't have to put in as much work. So I only train three times a week. That's it. And it's a combination of cardio, or so aerobic type stuff. And I vary that from... You know we you know you play with high intensity stuff you do longer low to moderate type stuff you know burst training and and it's just a combination but no more than three times a week and because we do these other things you talk about hormone optimization you talk about performance so like fasting and, and really these ketones that we talk about and, and and exercising in these fasted states i think one of the big benefits that people need to understand of that is your endurance goes through the roof yeah. and I mean I can speak to this hugely uh, as an athlete because I was an athlete for gosh like 25 years of my life and 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 I was one of those guys that always went around telling everybody oh I'm not an endurance guy I'm like a short burst guy I sprint I'm <laughs> fast right and like I could just hear myself saying that and I'm so disappointed in myself so you know, it was funny. you
1: see that with the early training at Spartan, man. Like, oh, I
0: was. I was. I remember. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. So when yeah. I, but it was funny because when I first got fat adapted and I truly felt it, I remember the day that it happened and I was, you know, I was taking my little boy. He was, I think like two and a half, three at the time. And we, I went on a bike ride on my mountain bike with him and he was riding in that Wii behind me. And I had to go up the hill to my buddy's house and it was a good two mile bike ride uphill up a good slope and the old me that was not that adapted probably would have had to stop four or five times and like walk the bike because I I just would have ran out of gas. So you talked about your mitochondrial health here and this energy production. So here I am on this ride and like, I'm getting halfway up and I'm like, I'm not tired. And I'm three quarters of the way. And like, I didn't even lose like a peak of energy. It was just steady all the way through. And I got there and I was like, what is wrong with me? Like what's happening? And literally that was when I felt that endurance. So, I mean, any athlete or anybody who needs to improve endurance for, for something like Spartan racing or marathons, triathlons, it's a huge benefit to be fat adapted and fasting is one of the best ways to help yourself do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's an amazing story. I mean, that, I love that there's little things that keep creeping up over time and you just realize man, that used to be a challenge. I mean, can you imagine if we rewind? Cause I know you were big into football and you did a ton of different things. I, I, I used to play college basketball and the kind of crap that I used to eat in the dorms. Oh, I mean, was so like, bad. I mean, how do we known how do we have this information? And if there's any young listeners, young athletes that are listening to this, I mean, if you guys start implementing this and start, you know, paying attention to the kinds of fats you're putting in the body, pay attention to you know keeping your carbohydrates more into a vegetarian-based model, using really good quality meats and animal products, it will transform your performance in, in such a profound kind of way. I mean, I was pretty darn good at basketball back in the day. But had I had this information, had I been able to utilize this, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what was possible. Maybe I would have gone to play pro in Europe, who knows? I mean, the performance level that, that we can attain when, when we're actually working with our biochemistry, with our mitochondria, I mean, it takes, it takes things to a completely different level.
0: You know, I would be honest to say, and that's, you're right on, man. When we were athletes, I think it would honestly be safe to say that we were probably at fifty percent of our performance, of what was to, like perform our lore of what was literally available to us at that point, that we did not tap into. and these young, you know, young athletes, dads. If you have kids that are in high school or you know they're they're athletes and and they're coming on their way up, I mean, they can start as young as, as little kids, just eating the right sources, like you're saying of your foods and eating whole foods and things like that. But even as they're coming up in in, in high school and college, adopting a lot of these principles we talk about, your your performance levels are through the roof. Um, So I think this is a good segue, man, because I don't want to not talk about this. We have to finish with the, the best part about this, I think, as far as fasting and why we use it as such a huge tool. But let's just talk about the massive healing and where it comes from real quick with intermittent, with doing things like fasting, intermittent fasting, you know, 24 hour fasting, and then people that have moved on to maybe something like block fasting down the road, the, the road that people can take, right? Mm-hmm. And the massive healing that takes place. And uh, let's talk about autophagy and stem cells, because I have a lot of patients that and clients that were athletes and non athletes that have old injuries and things like that. They have issues with numbness from surgeries and, and damage. And fasting has changed their lives literally because of the stem cell uh, basically the massive stem cell increase we get from this autophagy. So can we let's spend some time there, man?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Well consider this. I mean, we've got two ways to make cells in the body. You know, if if we can rewind to a time when we were paying attention to biology back in high school. <laughs> Where there's this thing called mitosis, where you're like literally uh, creating, you know, two cells. A little, and, yeah, the little yeah, fingers, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was that's that's happening all the time. We're making exact copies of ourselves, and this is happening every single day. We're getting turnover. Things turn over faster in different parts of the body. The skin may take about a month. You know, our intestinal tract every couple of days. Our heart longer, liver longer. So things are constantly turning over, and they're turning over via this cell division and programmed cell death called apoptosis. So that's, that's just the background noise. That's just always happening. And, and this is something I always try to relay to patients. You know, we, we hear the, uh, the words, we are what we eat. So just think, whatever, and I like to say we are how we digest or whatever, but anyways, whatever we eventually digest becomes a part of us cellularly, becomes part of our cell membranes. So we're always making copies of where we're at. So as life goes by, we make, you know, we get exposed to vaccinations, to medications, to crappy foods. We live on our own in dorms, and we eat Subway and sushi every day, like I did. And you start to make cells that deteriorate in quality of life. Well, guess what? Cell division's happening. You're making exact copies of exactly what you got. Okay, so that works for a little bit of time. But what if we were able to actually invoke and stimulate? Uh, more effectively, a way to actually build stem cells. So stem cells are base- basically making cells from nothing. It's from the early progenitor cells that start to develop and grow into new cells. We can actually activate a different way to build new cells, ones that aren't tarnished by this deteriorating quality of, of cellular health as we age. And that's what, that's what fasting does. So when we're in, you know, even a 16 to 18 hour fast, we're upregulating this process called autophagy. Which is basically recycling cell information, whether it be damaged proteins, inflammatory things like like you mentioned, your patients who get out of pain. Part of the reason that that's happening is because we're we're actually using that as food and to break down, and we're we're metabolizing out for energy su- and supply for the rest of the body. And then with enough time, as enough time goes by, we're actually with enough autophagy, with enough cellular breakdown, we're now starting to tell the body, okay, it's time to actually make new stem cells, new cells that can deposit in the different tissues of our body, whether it be damaged shoulder, damaged knee, uh, you know, into the brain. And so we've got these two cellular systems of making new cells, but we wanna really re- teach our body how to remember how to really invoke the stem cell production
0: well and it's activating the force within here we go back to the theme we are completely capable of doing this on our own it's 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 inside it's this beautiful innate intelligence that basically it, that creates healing right we're this self-healing uh organism that man it's just it's brilliance it's brilliance by design and and you and you you broke it down literally to the t it was awesome man but yeah i mean you're getting massive healing from just activating something that's already within you that literally you need to, to have activated multiple times, I would say throughout your lifetime. And even more so as we age, because we lose, I mean, how much does the stem cells drop, you know, as we're getting older? I mean, we're at 18%
1: almost. Yeah, It's gotta be something like that. I mean, we, I usually tell patients or from, from the research I've seen is that, um, Remember, something stimulating stem cells and it's growth hormone, right? So mm-hmm. if a typical decline in that um, in that stem cell is middle 30s, late 30s, but I used to tell people, you know, you're getting about a 50% decline in total hormone output, testosterone, growth hormone, all the reparative hormones by 50% from age of 20 to 40. Like it's a significant decline. So it's constantly declining, and as we continue to suppress our hormones and you know, we're in this dance of high estrogen, high insulin and, and low testosterone and low growth hormone in men, we're, we're speeding up the decline. It's so that rate of decay of, of not getting this, you know, upregulation of stem cells is going out faster if we're really toxic.
0: Yeah. And it's brilliant. You know, like you get the healing from, like you're saying, the brain healing. I've experienced that already. And I've, I, I still do fasting. It's a daily practice and, and block fasting, all these things. You know, I have patients that have had numbness post-surgery, you know, where they've lost, you know, sensation. And with each fast and and continuing with this lifestyle habit, they're seeing massive improvements and getting feeling back and nerve regeneration, right? Uh, You see healing in the gut. You see healing, you know, with shoulders, knees, elbows, I mean, all the injuries. So it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's just, I love it. I love talking about it.
1: Even, I mean, the, I think an area that's that's affecting so many people is the autoimmune conditions, and it's estimated yeah. like 85% of the population. I mean, these are very you know big estimates, but there's so many diseases now that seem to be tied to autoimmunity. Now let's take a look at that. That's autoimmunity, it's self-attacking, attacking self. It's basically a dis or uh, this can go uh, to the confused immune system. It doesn't, it's like, it doesn't know what to do anymore. It's just so, the, our systems are so built up with toxicity and stressors that now it's just starting to say, Hey, well, let's start breaking down our own, our own cells. And time after time, when I have patients with pretty serious autoimmune conditions come in, and I know we've got colleagues that talk about this all the time too, and Dr. Pomp and whatnot, but you put them onto a four or five day block fast, you're massively bringing down inflammation. You're, you know, you're upregulating those healing hormones in a huge way in stem cells. And I've had patients who are so deep in autoimmunity that, that, that come out the other side of this and just within four to five days, and they're absolutely blown away that they've had this healing experience by doing nothing.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Need intelligence, right?
0: Brother, so, that, that, that hit, that hits home with me so much. You know, my wife, Clarissa, um, A big part of why I do what I do and I teach what I teach now is, you know, Clarissa came down with an autoimmune condition about eight years ago, pretty severe. She almost died. I almost lost my wife. And that started my journey of having to learn and and really create awareness to to figure out what is going on. And because we just didn't get any help. I'm not going to lie. We took the route of conventional medicine. We exhausted everything that we could and just no answers but just let's suppress her immune system so it just took us having to go in another direction and see what else was out there for us and if you ask my wife today i mean she's been doing fasting now over two and a half years probably and if you ask her today what is the one thing that has had the biggest impact on changing your life and helping you get back your life to where like you're not dealing with daily pain and sleep issues and you know, issues with your hair falling out and your hormones all out of whack. If you ask for one thing that's just massively made the most healing for her, I mean, as she has struggled, I've been with her through her struggle. She will tell you 100% fasting has changed my life.
1: Uh, I love it when you share that story. I've only heard it once before, but man, like you're speaking to the heart of the matter and that's, to have that hit so close to home for you, and to see just such the profound change that 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 oh, I have happen. my wife
0: back, man. I mean, we, oh, you 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 look at somebody in your life that was perfectly healthy, and then you watch her battle this disease, and you see the ripple effect and how it affects her and everybody around her. And you know, I tell her every day, like I'm not experiencing it physically with you, but I but I feel it emotionally, and it affects me physically just as well, right? And so when you start to see your wife get her life back, that ripple effect carries out. So we're back to this, like, your health is your number one asset. And I've had to watch that the the, the hard way and, and the love of my life and my soulmate and her losing that. But fasting is, it's been such a gift to us. And, and you talk autoimmune, these people aren't healing. Yeah. And if they keep eating, they don't heal. And I, I, I talk and you know, I have a talk right now. I'm going to a workshop right now. I'm like, yep, five minutes. I got to go. But uh, brother, like literally, I'm going to go in and share this in little tidbits about, the, you know, why we do these things. And how it hopefully it can change somebody's life because I didn't have somebody teaching this stuff back when we needed help. I had to go look for it. And it, and it wasn't here where we needed it. It's amazing. Yeah, man. So, Wow. I mean, brother i think
1: yeah yeah i was just saying like here here you go listeners like here's here's a doctor sharing his heart and his soul about an experience that's so profoundly affected his family's life and 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 we this is the thing we see this on a daily basis oh every day if you haven't yet adopted fasting or started to look into it or started to experiment on your own that's the place to start and so why don't we just quickly i know you got to run you're busy guys um why don't we just quickly give them their little homework exercise for how they just start to implement the first stages of fasting and then we'll send you on your way dr wardy
0: awesome so the home play for this week we're going to start talking to you guys about shortening your window so a good place that i like to start with a lot of people that i coach and some of my clients when we're teaching these things is you know if you're somebody that's in this six meal a day mode right now A good place to start is honestly, you need to go to maybe like three meals a day and just see if you can handle that first. If you're at a three meals a day type, breakfast, lunch, dinner type, you know, uh, frequency, the idea now is to shorten this window of how often you eat, right? So we're not gonna eat less, but you guys wanna try to inch your window out. So like if you're eating breakfast, let's say at 8 a.m. You know, try to try to wait till around noon. If you can't get to noon, eat around 10 and then just keep moving that clock up over a couple weeks. That's how I did it. And eventually you get to around 12, one o'clock uh, before you actually eat anything. And that's your breakfast. Again, break the word up. Break fast. That's what breakfast came from. Yes, it is uh, an important meal of the day, but not always right when you wake up, right? So we need this long window of about 16 to 18 hours of going into this fasted state to give our body rest so that we can repair. And like we talked about doing all these brilliant things. And then you're still eating the same amount you were eating before, but you're just eating between the hours of maybe one and 7 PM. And then you're done. That's it. But I mean, eat, eat to your heart's content, eat healthy, eat good sources of, you know, your fats, your proteins, your carbs, like you said, a vegetarian based, you know, carb regimen, you know, eat whole foods and just start there. And, and it's, it, it really is easy, guys. I mean, if that dinner bell, if that bell rings, it's probably not hunger. It's just literally you've been programmed to eat that often. And so give it 20 minutes, drink some water. you have any other tips to, to hold them over during that hanger pain
1: if they have that? Breathe, man. You got to, we lost our connection to our breath. If you can breathe through your discomfort, you can get more in touch with your autonomy, your, your own self-realization. And so... Well, and what you're feeling, you everybody. Moments, right? Yeah.
0: And then what you're, what you're feeling, guys, it's adaptation. And remember, we're going to leave you with this today. Basically, healing comes through adaptation. And you are designed for it. So if you're not taking your body through adaptation back and forth throughout your life, your body will not thrive. And this is how we thrive. So if you've been doing these things, we need changes. This is the best place to start. Start, start with fasting.
1: Love it. That's another amazing podcast lots of amazing information you guys can sink your teeth into have fun with the home play dr wardy so good to see you always good to see you thanks for sharing your heart today buddy really appreciate you dr
0: jensen love you brother this was awesome and uh say hi to the family man right back at
1: you bro